0: to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipietro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even TikTok. plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos contact log on right at the website dipietro.com you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website DePetro.com. it's wednesday it is january 4th folks we have a uh, big program in store obviously all eyes continue to be well a couple places one on that buffalo bills player seems to be showing some signs of improvement but all eyes are on washington dc i think um i don't understand the strategy of what these uh members of the republican party are doing other than people get caught in a rabbit hole uh this isn't fun and games you know i noticed last night on 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 fox uh all three of the majors whether it was tucker carlson or certainly hannity and laura ingram what what's the end game here where does this go the longer this drags on there's no investigation there's nothing solved on the border there's no investigations into the bidens um this this, where's the the off-ramp um i i understand but there, there are these people still maintaining and and i think it becomes dangerous is there is there really something against kevin mccarthy if not then who he's the only one right now that can get all the votes now unless there is some kind of a plan to the side which could be and not ruling anything out is there someone that is off to the side that everyone is willing to rally around who just has not emerged because perhaps that that individual is just saying i i don't want to make a move while kevin is still you know going for it and until he says that's it i'm out i'm not going to try to be speaker that it just um you know goes to the side now closer to home folks I want to tell you, the Governor McKee inauguration, a little less than overwhelming. I think it's kind of what we expected, which is you're going to have a very low profile behind the scenes. Governor McKee was out there initially, and then he didn't like his interaction with the media. Then it was the campaign. Since then, he's really been kind of absent. I think you're going to have a type uh, of—I think we're getting a sense. Governor McKee, he just just won— He's the governor for the next four years. I think he's going to be you know, very behind the scenes, almost uh, low profile, maybe even a period of time, no profile, Um, and and perhaps feels that many times uh, some of the problems that have come up have simply because – and I don't don't agree with this, by the way, but it's almost as if that the McKee people feel part of the reason is he's too accessible to the media – and and that is changing. That certainly has changed. You've only really seen him less than a handful of times since he, he won the election in November. He he was a little bit visible because of the whole situation with the people that were camped out in front of the Rhode Island House. But other than that, I think that's more of an indication of the type of administration you're going to see from Governor McKee, which is um, – I don't want to say like hidden from – from view but it's he's been there uh he feels that things are going fantastic he, I, I get the sense he's going to do a lot behind the scenes and he's going to make it i think what they want to do and i understand the strategy but they feel that if if he's too accessible when he says something it doesn't resonate as much so i think they're going to try to execute less is more uh, much less Governor McKee. So when he does speak and do an interview, it they feel it's going to be that much more powerful because it's not something that that is the norm. I, I'm not convinced that, that we're going to find out. I mean, he did he did just win a four year term. He gets to serve four years. Obviously, he has the FBI thing to the side, but by and large, uh, he is the governor. All right, folks. It's Wednesday. Much more ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. 3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propaneplus. Call them 401-885-4209. Folks, you are listening to the John DePetro show. It's weekdays. We start at 11 We go until 2. It's AM thirteen eighty ninety nine point nine. If I may could always listen online at the website, Dipetro.com. It's time for our segment politics this week. Joining us. He is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. Happy New Year to Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to start off uh, with news of the passing of former governor, Lincoln Allman, He was the first governor to serve two terms. He came in at a time that Rhode Island certainly needed a steady hand without any corruption. He was not very transparent with the media, kept a very low profile, actually, while he was governor, and even a lower profile when he, he left office. But just some uh, opening thoughts at least on who was the governor for eight years, and that is uh, the passing of Governor Lincoln Almond.
1: Yeah, well, well, Happy New Year. Uh, Not to (laughs) back off the the sadder news, but yeah, it's, it's, um, you you know, he he holds an interesting place, I think, in in my my impression of Almond does, of of Rhode Island and politics generally. It makes me think of... uh, not long ago i I was thinking i found it came across a book i had when i was a kid and it's just called mr president i think it's a title and and every every time there's a new president they update the cover and add the president into it you know it's just a generic history kind of book and it had ronald reagan on the cover when i was a kid and to my in my view reagan was just kind of what a president was like I mean, just, and I, I think that's kind of how i look at ahman i mean he, he was governor when i came to rhode island uh and he i think there there's a i have it's almost like a feeling that he was the came toward the end of kind of what, what felt like normal politics i mean he was a yes. republican uh he he was actually the 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 main speaker when i graduated at uri uh, so colleges were still inviting republicans to speak at that point yeah. uh he he wasn't you know necess- he was i don't recall and maybe i was younger and I'm more naive and not paying as much attention but i don't recall any kind of really hostility toward him in the media obviously yeah. they've always my entire life they've been they've been kind of skeptical of republicans let's say uh but they, they used to at least treat them as respect the office kind of a way. And I think that started to fade soon after uh, Almond's terms in office. So that's, that's kind of just, it's almost like he's, it's the passing of a a better day all around.
0: Yeah, I know. And nothing uh, to begrudge him in any way. I I don't know if if that type of candidacy, I don't know how that would play today because he was definitely, you know, a Lord order type, uh, he didn't believe in a lot of he He actually didn't like the element of politics right where you do a, a time and the fundraising and and that type of stuff he he didn't really like that stuff in some ways kind of thought he was above it there was certainly no element of you know the I, I don't even imagine like the wokeness and, and everything that the if you're in office now you have to deal with as far as the progressives but but there was you know and maybe it, it to offer some fair criticism was he, he certainly allowed uh then speaker john harwood to essentially do whatever he wanted he and uh director administration george it was like a runaway train Allman in some ways was just especially the second term was kind of content to go along again there was no accusations of any type of wrongdoing uh maybe after sunland you know the state wanted someone a little more of a low-key profile but i I don't know how he would fear in in today's climate that you always seemingly have to be reacting to the the far left because he certainly didn't cut up and caught in that you know justin katz also just finally on this though i think right it was also a different time for the republican republican party you know i mean he was he was a republican The, the republican party was was still viable they still had more of a presence uh when you think about it the party went you know, Governor Dupree, for better or worse, but was governor during you know most of the '80s, uh, taking over after Joe Garri. But then you had Almond for eight years, you had Kachiri for years. Rhode Island had a Rhode Island a Republican governor for a 16-year period of time, and um, and I don't know if we're ever going to see that duplicated again.
1: Yeah, well, uh, hopefully, if, hopefully, at some point, people kind of will wake up, and some, either the Democrat Party will have to change, or Republicans will start winning again. But but you make a great point. I mean, during that time, when coming into Rhode Island, the it just felt like that's what we did here. We had a very Democrat General Assembly, and we elected Republican governors as something somewhat of a control on that. And right. that's gone out the window. And I, I think we're paying for it. I think yeah, I, I don't think it worked as well as it would have. Been, worked with a balanced legislature but it worked better than what we've got now and i think again it's it's another like a passing of an of an era to see him go it's like a loss of a a memory of what that was kind of like
0: it is and it's also fitting folks again our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor anchorizing time it's also also fitting that you know this is the time that we have the inauguration of governor mckee governor mckee in many ways, I, I mean, he is at the polar opposite of of the, you know, former governor, rest in peace, Lincoln Allman. I mean, Allman, who not a hint of scandal, didn't believe in the politics type of thing, kind of thought it was just a lot of BS. Uh, McKee, everything is a deal. Uh, and when you're in office already the, the, you know, the subject of an FBI probe, it, it is, uh, it's such a contrast. We had one person that just felt you know, government you know, shouldn't be as visible beyond reproach. Governor McKee coming into office, I, I don't know, Justin. I mean, short of if the COVID money ever runs out, there's so many expensive IOUs coming that he has that I, I think we're in for a rough four years with uh, with Governor McKee.
1: I think so. I, I think <laughs> I'm tempted to say it's it's a sad day. To, yeah, that we're seeing him inaugurated because he he bought his way in office because yep. he he showed himself to be so incompetent. Uh, I don't even know if we've seen him manage enough to know whether how competent he is at that, but at least at the the running of government, preventing scandals, the politics, he's just not good at it. And his solution was to buy off constituencies, which was very easy during the, kind of the COVID period. And so I think we're going to see we're going to see him paying off those debts. Uh, we're going to see him bending over. Backwards to, to try to get re elected one more time, uh, just so he'll. He, I don't think we'll see him putting up any strong fights on, on anything. I mean, if, if you can imagine something coming to the fore, say, you know, so. Saving Providence schools, for example, or something like that. I don't think we'll see him. We, we've got a governor with any backbone whatsoever to stand up to special interests. If you've got enough power, he'll he, he'll bend over for you, and and if you are his friend, he'll he'll risk an FBI probe in order to get get you some special deal. So I I think we're in for we're in for a rough few years with him. And I think it's I don't know how long they can make the COVID money last, but I don't I don't imagine it's going to last a full four years, at some point, those budget numbers are gonna to have to come out and that's gonna be a very dangerous time. Uh, I mean, the, the, the money's gonna to have to come out of the budget and the, the top line numbers are gonna to have to decrease and that's gonna be a very difficult time to have a wishy-washy incompetent governor.
0: Yeah, who already, you know, this um, this thing of the the home health care providers that they basically do daycare, just stay in their home and they unionize, which is questionable in itself, But if that's any indication, Justin, what we're in for, everything becomes the retroactive contract. What people need to understand is when the contract ends, it never really ends because it keeps getting paid. And there's no reason. A lot of times the reason that you do a contract is because you want the money to keep flowing. Instead, they just make the pay retroactive. And then I think even in this, they're getting more bonuses. Now, I mean, to me, that just reeks of the type of campaign promise that Governor McKee made to them in order to get their endorsement, um, it did make a lot of headlines. A lot of people, you know, probably aren't paying attention to it. But I think you're exactly right, Justin Gantz. I think that is the type of, you know, we're about to see over the next 12 months, all of these hidden secret deals, backroom deals, all those IOUs are about to come due as, as all these people get their new contracts. And then we get to find out how much the reelection really costs.
1: Yeah, I think so. And and on top of it all, we're not backed up by a very strong slate of people in office at this point. No. I mean, you've got the, the lieutenant governor is going to do whatever he says, um, oh, yeah. so she can try to waltz into the governor's seat, presumably, yep. or, or maybe Congress or whatever. Um, the treasurer in particular has no real experience and justification for being treasurer. Uh, So we're, we're, we're in a, a very bad place with, with that. And and I think we're going to talk about the mayor of Providence who can have a similar situation there. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a good time. The, the secretary of state coming in while it's nice that he's, he's, the, the positives are Amore that is he's, he's very involved in his local, local community so he's genuinely part of his community and he at least has a a pre-woke history degree and and, uh, history teaching uh, experience so maybe he's got some some perspective that'll be helpful but he's a he's a union teacher and so that we've got to be skeptical of what he's going to be doing in office of secretary of state so that leaves you the ag and and he hasn't been quite as strong as I've I've wanted. He's been more progressive than I expected. So uh, it could be it could be a rough time. And we're gonna turn to the general assembly of all places for for sanity, which is kind of a scary place to be. Folks, quick
0: break, much more ahead. Politics this week, Justin Katz, managing editor, at dot right here on the John petro show. 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center and also 5750 Post Road East Greenwich online at admedurgentcare.net. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, the next topic uh, story I want to mention, a lot of people aren't going to be familiar with what we're talking about because the the regular, quote, mainstream media locally just ignored it. Um, We're talking about this Democrat operative jordan Goyette, this group of they're socialists this reclaim ri they carry a lot of weight whether people like it or not they carry a lot of juice at the state house and and this guy is a perverted sick freak who i think actually should be arrested but the the woman he was sending these messages to i i think i i wrote about it i did a posting on it on Depetro.com. but what is also telling to me is the double standard if this were a republican uh, it would be a completely different story. We we saw what happened. Granted, Nick Kettle was a sitting senator, but the reaction, the, the lack of reaction, and I think one of the biggest places, the, the, the uh, local media that gave him the most coverage was Uprise R.I., the, the head of that, uh, as we know, has been praised by like a, a Mike Stanton saying, oh, you know, everyone, he's doing the type of journalism we need. And then he was even listed as one of the top people of 2020. And wouldn't even do anything in the story of this guy that was putting these sick, violent fetishes that he had about this woman and sending them to her. And what I also, Justin Katz, most of the time, local media would kind of use that and catapult off of that with what's going on with Idaho and, um, and kind of do like and a local version twist on the story is this Democrat operative who was part of a Providence mayoral, ran the Jennifer War campaign was out campaigning with Seth Magaziner. Uh, He is a despicable, sick individual, but amazing the silence from our local media.
1: Yeah, nothing nothing at all, (laughs) nothing whatsoever. I mean, if you go on Reclaim Our Eyes site, they've got news clippings and so from from all the major media around here some of them mentioning this Goyette guy frankly uh and so they're not a nothing or it's not like we're just picking on some small community group no. that really is inconsequential they've, they've been a part of of the rhode island scene and they've gotten coverage and you're you're exactly right you you switch the and it's not only that but the the group had a complaint about them before the election and they tried some, I don't, what do they call it? Not restorative, but transformative justice. Transformative yeah. justice. Uh, which, yep. which, I, which, I, the, the whole, uh, we're living in crazy times. So yeah. I, I had to look it up. The restorative and transformative justice, they both have to do with getting the person to see the harm that they've done. The guy had fantasies about rape. <laughs> He's yeah. not concerned with the harm. It turned out no. to do harm, apparently. So, I mean, that's, that's how crazy we are. But, but that's the, we're in, we're in this bizarre, period. Over the past week, uh, within within a couple minutes on, on my Twitter stream, I saw two posts. One of them was somebody talking about how we have to start calling pedophiles uh, minor attracted adults or something like that. And then not long after that, I saw another progressive going after pope benedict who just passed away i mean with the pedophile slur i mean that's that's where we are where it's it's in some places it's the worst thing they can imagine in other places eh, you know what it's not so bad and the only thing that makes the difference is the politics of the person you're talking about and that's yeah. what it is in this case we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna hear about how this group kept this guy on knowing he was a danger sent him out there poll to to People's houses, knocking on doors, or whatever they may have done—none of that. They're just going to make it, you know, make it disappear. And it shows you the the real power of of the mainstream media. Although, luckily, fortunately, that's no longer as as major a, an issue with you know with social media, with the work you're doing on the internet. What we're doing on Anchor Rising, it, it starts to open up at least another channel where people can get some of this information.
0: And In the part that I also want to highlight. About folks, this Jordan Goyette is—he—he he was part of, for instance, Gonzalo Cuervo, who ran for mayor of Providence just this past election cycle, did a big press release. He's bringing him on as his campaign guy. He is now chief of staff to, you know, the new general treasurer, and there's still no follow up on the fact that you know he is associated with that. I go back to Justin when you know Justin Price, Rep. Price attended just went he didn't go inside there was no evidence he went in the capitol went to washington you know they were camp outside his house the knocking on the door uh tiara mack after she did the twerking on block island they gave her the week to kind of get her talking points down and pick the right outfit before they would you know would let give her a, a sit down where then she was talking about how her twerking has led to really important conversations it's it's not our imagination. It is a double standard. And the part about it that also stands out, Justin, is we've learned that he was going through this quote transformative justice program, which is ludicrous. These are the people that believe you close the prisons, abolish the police, defund the police, and then, you know, the community does this business. He was the field director for the, the one of the campaigns for Mayor Providence while he was going through this trans quote transformative justice where he had been sending these women his and he's not a kid uh these fantasies of rape and murder it is it is absolutely pathetic um, but i want to give you the last line and i am sorry it is it is a double standard if this if he had an r attached to him uh look at everything we had to do with with you know every republican asked about trump ashley kalis asked about trump and everything else this guy is a thousand times worse and he's local and no questions and no story and nothing to see here
1: yeah. And, and especially considering a lot of the news media have you know their, their wrap up where they just do bullet points. It's not even a there does he get a mention, at least so far. But what really strikes me is, uh, to some extent, the double standard. I was thinking about this the other day. The There's that Republican who just won a seat in New York State who who lied about all sorts of stuff. George and, Santos. And, yeah. Yes. And a, the call for him to resign. And you know, as a matter of integrity, he probably should. But then you look at But how Democrats are never, ever uh, required to do that. And I actually saw some prominent Republicans in Rhode Island tweeting things like, I will never vote for another Republican again if he doesn't resign. It's like, are you insane? But that's kind of the attitude on our side is we want integrity. We don't want to have to make a big deal. This guy's a creep. He's going through something. All right get off the stage we'll go on without him that's kind of the, the politics most conservatives i think want where we just all right that's done he did his thing he's out of here we, we took care of that let's move on but you can't do that when the i mean what, what drives the thing with justin price is that i mean the media is interested but there's there are also people with paid activist gigs who show up at his house to make a news scene of it that's so right. i mean you don't it would be kind of i i wouldn't want to go picket jordan goyet's house or anything like that calling him a pedophile with a sign or anything but that's what the left would do and yes. if we're not if we're not going to do it we need to come up with the solution for for reversing that because i i don't know i maybe it's catching on because i don't i don't think that's the santa sky in new york has, has resigned yet uh, so so i i think maybe the democrats roosters are coming home to be roost on that uh i i suspect democrats will will learn to Live to regret releasing Donald Trump's tax returns. I, yep. I but but you know it's, it, it's really a big problem, and it, it's it's painful how much it's it's just all everything. If you're if you're a Democrat, if you're progressive, everything is forgivable. There's nothing you can do that is not forgivable. If you're Republican, you can't sneeze, you can't spit on the sidewalk, or, or you're the worst human being who ever lived, and that's just that's not a healthy way to have a have a community. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and you go back to uh, state senator. Nick Kettle, I mean, state police, the guy's like weighs 90 pounds, state police, you know, invaded his house on a Friday, kept him over the weekend. All the state police were in court uh, for his appearance. He was forced to resign by Ruggiero and the Republicans. And he was basically, you know, he came out of that. All the charges were basically acquitted on the whole thing. So um, it's amazing. And that coverage, you know, they were parked outside and the knock on the door uh, I didn't see anyone knocking on Tierra Max door. That's for right. sure. And granted, she didn't break the law, but folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz Managing Editor at AnchorRising.com right here on the John DiPietro Show. The Cui Set In. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients. Unique goals help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Mass Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401 401- 434-1510. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Our segment is politics this week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorrising.com. Well, Justin, we do have a new mayor of Providence. Mayor Lorza is out. Brett Smiley is in. He had his inauguration. And I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on uh, some of the themes that he zeroed in on and uh, the direction that he sound seemingly out of the box is going to take his uh, new term of being the mayor
1: yeah well (laughs) luckily living a little bit away from providence i can take a little bit of distance but i'm actually curious to see which which brit smiley we kind of get i mean he's a progressive he but he he says he's a i'm going to get things done kind of progressive it's going to be the best run city in the country or something like that so he's at least got that incentive and that can go one of two ways either either the getting things done can can overwhelm your progressivism where you say, well, we can't do the progressive thing right now because I've got to get this working and progressivism doesn't work at the end of the day. Or you could get this really totalitarian thing where getting it done means being progressive and that becomes a big problem. So I'm, I'm curious to see where he's going to go with that. Also, there's, you know, there's, his, his past is not pure. I mean, it's funny, you don't see these, I mean, speaking of double standards, there, there was quite, he he sold it, as I recall, this was some years ago and I didn't re- recently refresh my memory, but he sold a house in Providence and it was something kind of shady about the way he did it. He got a lot more money for a lot more money for it than he should maybe should have that kind of thing. Those sorts of hints are out there that there might be, might be dangers of, of corruption in the, the city hall, but, but it's, it's kind of vague enough that maybe not. So I think there, there are a lot of open questions about Brett Smiley uh, that, that we'll, we'll see where he goes. I, I don't, I'm not optimistic because he's progressive. And most of all, uh, and I think the the real key point that voters in in Rhode Island ought to take into consideration is he's never done anything other than politics. That's it. And that these are not, I mean, go back to Link Alman. He he had some experience uh, and at least a a business kind of mindset. People like Elorza, people like Smiley, they think they know what they're doing, but it's all theory. They've never actually run organizations where they could lose their shirts. They've never, they've never had to see how people actually interact apart from being able to mandate things through government and win elections as you route to victory. So I, I think that that's not a doesn't bode well for his time in office either.
0: But those that want to be optimistic, uh, Brett Smiley, he did uh, work for Mayor Alorza. However, he left there and went to work for Gina Raimondo. And then during the pandemic, people would probably remember he was the one. He was stand there as the director of administration um, and be on stage or be on screen during the course of the pandemic. He, he said very little. But I'll say this, um, Justin. I, I think if there is someone in politics that he kind of has as a mentor, I, I think it's Raimondo. And. One thing about her is she was very, very demanding. So I, I view him as someone that maybe he started out under Lorza but we're seeing with Governor McKee the world of difference. A lot of things going wrong with Governor the Governor <laughs> with Governor McKee certainly mm. didn't happen under Ramundo. Ramundo was a real taskmaster and was a very demanding boss. There was no question who was in charge. It was the Gina show. So I think you know one thing about her. She is no. Favorite She is. Everything is about the women's agenda and women appointments and governor for the day is a girls contest. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was Randy Weingarten that seemingly, you know, the unions that prevented her from from moving up and they still want to try to block her. So I also look at a couple of things. The fact that he had that press conference and attended with Mayor Alorza that included Joe Palino and Angel Tavares, where they, you know, kind of threw down the gauntlet about the, the Providence schools Um, I wouldn't put him in the same category as a, as a governor McKee Providence. I don't know if it's going to be the best friend city, but it could be better run than it is right now. Right. And I, I think some of the things he's talking about, less about speed bumps and less about bike lanes, more about economic development, more about crime, more on quality of life and, and, and cost of living. He has a tremendous opportunity in front of him if he follows his follows the business instincts and, and and looks at what the city could be, as opposed to just trying to, you know, as, as they talked about, and we've talked about mayor Lawrence seemingly had no interest in economic development and, and working with the business community, just always wanted to block things. Um, but you have someone that maybe is a little more of a, an open ear. I, I I'll give you the final word on it, but I, I think he, if he, Goes down that path. The fact that he, you know, showed up and had that press briefing with Angel Tavares and Joe Palino just on the schools. I think that could be some insight that he's willing to take it on the chin to begin his term.
1: Possibly, I mean, and I think that's just going to make it interesting if if we yeah. get some distance. It. I mean, it's he, his leaning, progressive leaning, progressivism doesn't work, and not only that, but there's there's a reason things are going so badly in Rhode Island, and it's not just that we don't have strong leaders. It's it's the system is corrupt. And t- right. it, Root to branch. So he's going. To, if he tries to fix anything or make anything work, he's going to run into those two buzzsaws: progressivism yeah. and uh, the insider system. And that's going to be the question: How is he going to respond? Elorza kind of backed down a bit and didn't wasn't strong enough. Uh, we've seen in, in the state where they took over the the Providence schools, they they tried to work with the unions, and we said from the beginning that's not going to work. They learned their lesson. Well, they're still treading water but it, the lesson learned them anyway uh so what what brett smiley does that's going to be that's going to be the interesting question i think in rhode island politics all the other stuff is, is relatively predictable but that's that's one of the true true wild cards we've got but i do want to throw in the note that I a lot of the reporters are saying he's a, he's the first married the first mayor to enter providence married since 1974 of course the last two ended up getting married because they impregnated their girlfriends, uh, which was just not good either. But I just, as a, as a social conservative, I have to say, I, th- I think, I, I wish we lived in a world where we could actually discuss the effect that uh, these types of different types of relationships have on a person's perspective. It is a different world when you when you can have when you have biological children who come into it when you've got to decide whether to marry their mother and, and all that kind of stuff. I just I think I think that's a the biggest topic we're not allowed to talk about, and it's being brought up here indirectly and in reverse by this claim of him as if he's the you know the upstanding moral virtue of a of a mayor entering office already married.
0: As, as an openly you know, gay man and his husband is very successful in real estate. Folks, again, our, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing our anchorizing.com. Justin, finally, it is also the beginning of the uh, the new legislative session on Smith Hill. It's not an election season, so anything controversial or anything they want to push, now, now is the time. Um, I, I don't see a direction right now unless something changes – that they're going to become any more business friendly. What I what I also see is a governor who is completely uh, emasculated and gone into. Governor McKee almost might as well be a card carrying member of the union. But they have just gone so much into just make more state jobs, more union jobs. Uh, if someone says I'm thinking of starting my own company, private sector, he's almost it's almost like frowned upon. There's no active chamber of commerce, and it's it's to the detriment. You don't hear anyone even discussing in the McKee administration anything about trying to, you know, the Raimondo people tried to go after GE. They tried to lure PayPal. They tried to make a play for some some big companies. And even to hey, to his credit, you had Chafee that was talking about, you know, meds and eds trying to duplicate what Cambridge does or what they do in Silicon Valley. Governor McKee, there's no talk about that. He doesn't even pretend have any interest in growing the private sector. It's all about how can we appease these union members. But I'm just curious, some of your thoughts on the beginning of this new legislative session on Smith special...
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you raised a good point. Ten, 10 years ago, a little more than that, the General Assembly and and Chafee, to some extent, were talking business? They were, how can yeah. we get our rankings to improve? How can we do? Right. Uh, and that that's just completely disappeared. So I I'm not sure. I mean, I think a lot of their a lot of their attention, sadly, is going to be focused on handing out all this this windfall of money that keeps that's kept coming to them for the past two yep. years, thanks to illness and and. Uh, thanks to COVID and, and Joe Biden, but um, that that's going to run out. But it's going to distract them for a while, and partly because of that, I think there there are no major controversies kind of on the horizon that I that I see things that they they desperately are going to have to address. I think I think they all want to just get back to the old days where they did they just controlled things. Only now they've got more power and more leverage uh, to to do that, and and so they'll hand out to constituencies this money and and keep coasting along. The one the one Encouraging thing that I think adds some interest to the question is uh, of what they're going to do is is Ruggiero's interview with the Senate President's interview with Boston Globe where he was clearly like, like almost like wipe, wiping his hands and saying okay I'm done with the progressives now um, that that was the right. impression I got anyway so some of the some of the controvert, quote, controversial things they might try to do in a non-election year is just like wipe back, pull back on some of that progressive craziness. Maybe, maybe not. We'll we'll see. But that's that's possible. I suspect they'll try to keep their heads low while they hand out these hundreds of millions of dollars.
0: I think something um, that people that need to keep an eye on. I, I think the situation with the Providence schools, uh, for better or worse it's it's going to dominate and this is where justin Katz. i am anxious to see governor mckee granted they called the mayoral academies instead of charter schools but you have outgoing alorza mayor alorza who is very outspoken about and some of the media couldn't fully comprehend what he was saying but when you have a failing school and you deem it a failing school you then replace it and give the opportunity for a charter school and you you don't close them all at once you do it one by one you create competition. You try to weed out some of the bad teachers. You try to improve the school system by essentially offering alternatives and, and offering competition. I think you know, that's where things are going to take in, uh, take hold, and where the rubber is going to meet the road is going to be the General Assembly because the state takeover. This is where, but Governor McKee, now he did get the endorsement from NEA Rhode Island. He didn't get it from the uh, federation uh, which is the Providence schools, the Randy Weingarten group, they went with Nellie Gobea. So I recognize a lot of people and most people listening to us, they do not send their children to the, to the uh, Providence public schools. But I go back to what I, I started this segment to mention in this in 2015, Raimondo, they were brand new in office. And for what it was worth, you know, they made a solid pitch. GE made it very clear. They were going to leave Connecticut. Uh, they, you know, they put together a full proposal they did I still remember they did the dinner right off of South Main Street. They allowed a lords to come for dessert. <laughs> they were pitching them on the uh, on the, the one ninety-five land. They had Governor Jack Reed stop by. That was also where in it came to light in the pitch to GE that they were telling, you know, uh, the schools that you want to send your children to either like Moses Brown or LaSalle. They they certainly did encourage the the, the prominent schools. Now so GE settled settled on you know moving relocating big part of their business to, to boston but um but at least it put in motion the ramundo people and they made a solid effort justin katz fast forward I, i'm not sure governor mckee would even make a run at something like that because you know he would like walk into the meeting with crowley and george knee and uh and and the laborers and come on companies what, what people still don't get is those, those people they scare companies away they don't bring in jobs there are there are people that are afraid to come in here because then you have those people knocking on your door because they want to go in and use, unionize your workforce.
1: Right. Well, and and that to a governor like McKee, that that's actually. A disincentive. I don't want that extra work. <laughs> I don't want people right. coming in here with new incentives. I've already bought off the constituencies here I need. I don't want to have to deal with that whole challenge. So yeah, I suspect he won't even. It makes me think of years ago, I mean, not to get into a too long story, but here in Tiverton, the little Compton students bust through Tiverton to go to Portsmouth High School. Uh, and some years ago, it's kind of embarrassing. And some years ago, the superintendent put together a, a proposal to, to stop that. And it was such a pathetic presentation. It was like something he might have had a ninth grade Class learning PowerPoint do and you could tell he didn't really want it. The superintendent at the time because it's just more kids you got to deal with. I think uh, and I think that's kind of what I see key doing with with any kind of business if he even bothered. I think I think it's all he, he wants people to put things on a bow like the like the soccer stadium say here's the here's what it's going to cost you here's what it's going to cost us and here's what we can promise you as a politician if it's not he's not i don't think he's going to do anywhere going out to try to find people and get out the yeah. Rolodex decks and travel the country like Raimondo did wow. uh, i think he's he's going to just try to coast and keep buying off constituencies yeah. which scares people away nobody wants to buy into a system like that now, and it's his, constitu-
0: his constituency is michael Sabatoni and george nee though those are the two people he has to keep happy Soccer Stadium, Superman Building. Keep them as happy as possible. Try to keep the Providence Teachers Union at bay and uh, just try to enjoy uh, being governor. Folks, again, it's a new year. Our segment is politics this week. Justin Katz, excellent job as always. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you again.
1: Happy New Year. Hope it's a good one for everybody.
0: five eight zero eighteen fifty two limitless outdoors dream build enjoy you're listening to the John DePetro show it's AM thirteen eighty ninety nine point nine FM you can always listen online at the website depetro dot com well the latest situation right now on this well it is Wednesday and it is january 4th with kevin mccarthy i i get part of it i get part of it about system is broken and people that want to change the system and people that want to reject the way it's been done but at the end of the day it, it, it comes down to whether or not you, you're going to have a plan and whether or not you can actually govern and there's a big difference As someone that has attended Trump rallies, you know, President Trump, for all of the talk, the main goal was to get that wall built. And he made significant progress with it. He also learned the art of the deal that he, he had to try to work with certain people to get stuff done. Problem I have with the Freedom Caucus is... And, and I was saying this the other day. You, you have to go with what's on the menu. What's the plan? J- Jim Jordan, you know, unless something changes, he doesn't want to be speaker. He doesn't feel he has the votes to be speaker. Um, maybe it's not going to be Kevin McCarthy, but what's the plan? You can't just be a bomb thrower. You can't just be everybody's corrupt. Everything's lousy. We're going to turn this place upside down. Hi-fi in, in the hallway. All you're doing is weakening the party right now there's two parties in washington republican and democrat so you got to decide if you remember the freedom caucus which one you're playing for which one do you want to help now when matt gates says something like the fact of he doesn't matter if there's a democrat speaker he just you know he just he wouldn't even he'd even prefer it that's a problem the, the more power, do you think the problem with the border is going to be solved if you have a Democrat speaker? That That's that's show, so short-sighted. My problem with that and Lauren Bobart and some of the others is Andy Biggs, I mean, normally I would support a lot of these individuals, but I come back to what's the plan? Can't just be a bomb thrower. This business of never Kevin. Nope, not voting for Kevin McCarthy. Nope, Rhino. Well, Nancy Pelosi's been the speaker. You have an opportunity. This is not accomplishing anything. All you're doing is weakening your own party. Now, again, for those that say, I don't care, I want to blow up the party. I don't care. Or too many rhinos. Get rid of these people. Then then you're going to be a vocal, loud, losing side minority you know what's interesting right now the republicans at the rhode island state house they need more numbers if they had more numbers they could be a formidable challenge and throw off the balance of the status quo right now in the state of rhode island where everything is seemingly controlled and the same for massachusetts as a matter of fact so but but this this notion that anything is being accomplished by just preventing kevin mccarthy from being speaker i i don't I don't see it. I don't understand it. Um, I I don't know where President Trump stands. But right now, this is the golden opportunity. President Trump also, by the way, took a shot at the pro-life movement and said that they threw off the midterms. A lot of finger pointing going on. So meanwhile, you know, it was it was a day of celebration for all Democrats on the left. And and maybe Kevin McCarthy is not going to be able to do it. But but then then there has to be a plan, and and it has to be a united plan. There's real problems that need to be adjusted. If people say I don't care about the border, I don't care if the government shuts down, I don't care if there's no speaker, I drain the swamp, blah blah blah. I, that that's just not living in reality. You're gonna get you're gonna get blamed when things start going sideways. You're gonna get blamed when people are not getting there. Their checks when the government is not working efficiently. If you want to just op- operate as an obstructionist, then that is definitely a plan. But right now, is Kevin McCarthy the perfect speaker? I don't think there is something like that. I think, you know, I think again, all eyes are going to turn to that's why someone like uh, Governor DeSantis, I'll say it again, you know, he's someone you have to be able to get things done you can't just rile people up at a rally that's not enough i mean to me it's it's about when it counts can you make it happen right when when it when it counts can you execute and make things and and be successful it's it's not easy it's not going to be easy but now it's really not going to be easy so i get it i'm not saying people should vote for someone that they don't support for whatever reason but you have to have a plan, and alternative. It just can't be they're going to hold everybody up for the the next month or, or longer. They seem content. There's a problem that also arises is the more they stay in the bunker, the more attention they get, whatever they want to call themselves, rebels, freedom caucus. But it starts to become a game of chicken. And then with no exit ramp, it's almost like a hostage situation of how to get back. That becomes a problem. Because then they get locked in, and there are people who are encouraging them all the way. I get that there are. There's always, there's always a vocal minority that will cheer them on. President Trump has that right now. He has. There's a a, there's a small percentage of people that no matter what he says, they will support it. But that, that that that's not about being successful. That's not about getting things done. If the goal. Is to just travel around, and have you know rallies of whatever eight to ten thousand people. Well, then, then that's the goal. But but make make be very clear if that's the goal. I don't think that's the goal. I think the goal is something larger. If you want something larger, something's got to give here. I think that they're entering into dangerous territory, because I've seen you know they they become people become addicted to the attention talk about like Reverend Al Sharpton he was a nobody until Tawana Brawley in New York and then he found that every time he started talking about Tawana Brawley and every time Reverend Al Sharpton talked about his wild conspiracy of what happened to her and white police officers and so forth every time he talked that way he went on all the shows every time he started saying those things that's why the, the book bonfire of the vanities came from every time al sharpton said that tv suddenly there were lights and cameras and then he quickly realized that if he stopped saying that the lights and the cameras were going to go away so what did he do he just stayed in that mode and it didn't matter what the truth was anymore so i i um I, I'm a little uh, uncomfortable with the fact of there's no seemingly exit ramp here for how long this is going to go on. If they had, you know, the Democrats have their person, Jeffries, who they want to be the next speaker. What what I'm saying is if, if Matt Gaetz and Andy Biggs and Gossett and, 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 you know, and they're not small, you know, they're getting larger— but if they had, this is who we want, this is who we want to support. But it's a little difficult if you have, you know, 200, over 200 people want one person, but then the, the 18 to 20 that want someone else, that they get their way. That doesn't sound like majority rules. That sounds like some people seemingly taking advantage of a situation um and holding everyone else hostage i get it i get the entertainment no question must be fun you know i'm sure they're out having the talk of the town every time they turn around there's a microphone and cameras right in in their face whether or not anything's going to get done is another matter you're listening to the john DePietro show Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie 401 305 3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. To the John DiPietro Show, it's AM 1380 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, petro.com Remember, weekdays. 11 to 2, but visit the website, topetro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link, contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique original reporting, stories, videos, also all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live, or YouTube, or Twitter, it's all right there at the website, topetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop, we have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show, right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at depetro.com And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, Depetro.com. Falcon Pest Services. 12 months of the year you could have a pest problem serving rhode island and massachusetts called falcon pest services today 401-739-1322 free consultation 401-739-1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon Test services today, free consultation, 401-739-1322.